If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and with me on the other end of the line is my co-host, Curtis. And today on the show, now we've been waiting, and we've kind of been teasing this for a week or two, so I'm sorry for making you guys wait and dragging this out, but... Different things came up that we wanted to make sure to cover on the show. But today, we are officially kicking off a new series, taking an in-depth look at the 2019 signing class, position by position. Uh, yeah, I know uh, we are well aware that the signing day, what was it, about three weeks ago, Kerr, something like that? About that, yeah. Yeah, we're, we are aware of that. Uh, but we also want to go back and cover things in a little more detail. Now, each show in this series... What, we're, what we plan to do, what we hope to do, is shine a spotlight on a specific position group with a detailed analysis of each prospect, a discussion of the impact they could possibly have in year one, and also an evaluation of how well we met our needs as a team at those positions. So we're going to kick off that series in just a moment, but first, we do want to quickly remind everyone that if you have not subscribed to our premium content on Podbean, you can do so today for only $2 a month. All you have to do is either go to podbean.com and search for Glory UGA, or it might be easier if you just click on the link on our Twitter profile, which is at Glory underscore UGA, and that will take you directly to our Podbean page. From there, it's simple. All you got to do is click on the, the little yellow Buy Now button, which will be on the right of your screen if you're on a PC, and if you're on a mobile device, just scroll down towards the bottom, and the same little yellow Buy Now button will be down there. So just click on that. Fill in your info, and literally within two minutes or so, you are all set up and good to go. It is that easy. You do not have to have a Podbean account or anything like that. It takes care of all that stuff for you. So it's just $2 a month for access to all of our content across the wide spectrum of George Athletics through this offseason, through the football season, and beyond. But uh, all right, the 2019 signing class, Kurt. Uh, this was another one. Like, how would you, as a whole, how would you, like what word would you use to categorize this 2019 class? Is it another is epic too strong? Uh, uh, probably a little bit too strong. Yeah, I think 2018 uh, was epic. Yeah. 2019. Can we at least go with another outstanding class? I think so. I think more than anything, like you just got to talk about some, you know, in a way how it checked all the boxes. Yeah, and we'll definitely get through all of that as we go through this series. But, I mean, regardless of how you look at this, this was an outstanding class. I mean, depending on what recruiting service you subscribe to and that you have your loyalty to, uh, we finished with, I think, Rivals has at number one, uh, and then the 247 Composite, which is kind of where I typically link as it takes into account all the different recruiting services out there. They had us at number two, just a hair behind Bama. Uh, really, if you look at the, the average uh, of e- the average ring of each recruit, we were right there at Bama. They just, I think they ended up signing like 26 or so guys, signed a couple more than us, which kind of pushed them a little bit over the top. But regardless, one of the, if not the best classes in all of America, 
and, and we did, as I said a second ago, we, we kind of recapped this, the class as a whole, after the early signing period. But what we want to do with this series is take a very detailed look, as we kind of went over a second ago, at each position group and really focus on each prospect within each position group. And we thought about doing that with our signing day recap, making kind of a signing day spectacular. But we pretty quickly were disabused of that notion because we realized that would end up making the show about five hours long if we went in-depth with each prospect like we wanted to. So what we decided to do to, is to break it up with a couple of different shows. <clears throat> and up first today is the linebackers. We're going to start there both inside and outside. I'm an old linebacker at heart, so uh, we're going to pick it up there. And also this is an important position for us moving forward, especially after what we saw last year. Before we start breaking things down, though, I do want to quickly explain the ranking system like that we're going to use when we go through each position group and each prospect. We're going to assign each prospect. Curtis will give his ranking. I'll give my ranking. A ranking one through five. Not a ranking, but a, I guess a score one through five on where we see them, uh, kind of like what, what their contribution to our program is going to be during their time in Athens. If, if we give them a five, that is the highest score we can give them. That's a day one starter, an impact player, like an immediate impact player. Who's, uh, who maxes out his potential is probably maxing out as like an All-American. These are guys like Todd Gurley, Andrew Thomas, guys who start from day one and are instant impact type players and play at a very high level right away. Uh, then a, a score of a four, just a notch below that, these are guys who are going to have like a role as an early contributor in year one, maybe not quite a starter right away. Maybe by the end of the year they might take on a role like that. But they're going to be multi-year starters in our, our opinion. Also the potential to be All-Americans. These are guys like Roquan Smith, DeAndre Swift, who certainly had roles early on in their careers, but maybe weren't the go-to guy, the feature guy in year one, but eventually became uh, a multi-year starter with uh, a, a potential to be an All-American. We already saw Roquan do that. Hopefully DeAndre has that in his future as well. Then a score of a three is a guy who's kind of like, kind of isn't too deep in the first two years or so, but eventually as they get into the upperclassmen stage of their career, they become starters and have the potential, maybe not be All-American, but potential to be a, an All-SEC type guy somewhere on that All-SEC list where it's first, second, or third team. Think guys like Jonathan Ledbetter or J.J. Holloman, who maybe didn't start right away when they're too deep to start off with, but as they get a little older, become those go-to guys at their respective positions. Um, a, a score of a two would be a, a guy who's kind of like a redshirt candidate, maybe a potential starter by the end of their career. Think of a guy like Michael Barnett, you know, Kurt, who really was maybe a debt piece at best until last year where he kind of, I don't want to say breaks out, but gets a couple of starts early in the year before Jordan Davis takes over. Even a guy like Davin Bellamy who redshirted, well, there was his redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore year, was kind of just a depth guy, but then his last two years on campus becomes a starter. Uh, so a guy like that. And then a, a one, a score for one, is a guy who's going to, I would call this the Keon Brown slash Keon Richardson score, right? Where you're just a career depth guy, where... I don't want to say you're just eating up a scholarship, but you're just you're there, and if somebody gets hurt, you might get on the field, but you're not much more than that. Maybe a, a Jason Stanley would also fit into that category, although he was a major special teams contributor. I'll at least give him that. So there are the scores, one through five, five being the highest score, one being the lowest. And uh, Kurt, inside linebackers, you want to start there? Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, and we're going to start with the highest-ranked guy in this inside linebacking group that we just signed in this 2019 class. And that, of course, is Mississippi linebacker Nakobe Dean. Now, Kurt, this was one by all accounts that our coaches did not even know we were getting until that day. From what I understand, there's a little um, kind of a dog pile in one of the coaches' offices when Nakobe came out publicly and announced that he was committing to Georgia. So the coaches were even on the outs. So this didn't quite know, you know, out, you know, at different points. It was Alabama, LSU got in the mix. Ole Miss tried to make a late push for the in-home school. 
but ultimately, we end up landing the guy number 19 overall in the 247 composite ratings. Uh, a little bit on the shorter side, six foot, about 220 pounds. Let's first start here with his strengths, Curtis. When you look at Nicobe Dean, do you see why this guy was ranked as a five-star prospect? What was it about his game that got him ranked in the, the top 20? To me, it's more than anything his football IQ. I think he does a good job of recognizing plays, and that's why he's such a tackle machine. Is that he just sees, you know, he sees the whole field, and I think that's what, you know, he reacts quick and goes and makes the plays. Where, you know, especially for us last year, we had a lot of linebackers that weren't very quick reactors. Ooh, yeah, I mean, and a lot of the guys, I mean, part of that thing was that they just hadn't played much football for us, you know? A guy like Tay Crowder used to be a running back or receiver at one point. Jawan Taylor had kind of been a career just reserved. Uh, but you're right, that was an issue at times for us last year with, with, with the various guys kind of rotating in and out that position. And that's actually in my notes too, man. Like I, I'm totally seeing the same thing you're seeing. I think he reads and diagnoses very, very quickly, um, which you're right, that's like step one. Like You can be the most athletic guy in the world, but if you can't diagnose what a play is and where it's going, if you don't have that football IQ, you allow, <coughs> excuse me, you allow blockers to get up on you quickly. And a lot of times, especially a guy that's a little bit undersized like Dean, if you let them get up on you, you're not getting off, right? No, not at all. Yeah, and, that, and that's an issue. Uh, now, what do you see in terms of his athletic ability? And a lot of people, you know, early in the process, people wanted us to get Owen Popo, a guy from Grace, ends up going to Auburn. But you and I, like, I'm not trying to pass on the back here, but you and I were off the, like, for a long time we were pointing at Dean's like, yeah, Popo's a good solid. He's a great athlete. would be a good kid. Don't be wrong. We'd certainly take him. But N'Kobe Dean, to us, and I think you're still on this, was a better, like, pure linebacker in terms of instinctually, right? And and, not, and maybe a, a, a notch behind Popo as an athlete, but certainly not that far behind. If you look at the Nike opening ratings, they always do the spark rating, which is basically a measure of their overall athleticism. And Popo finished number two in the overall spark ratings in the Nike opening finals. And N'Kobe Dean finished number four. So, like, just just a little bit behind him in terms of athleticism, but certainly not nothing, you know, that would lead you to believe that he's that far off in any way whatsoever. Completely negligible difference there. But if you add in the fact that he also, in my opinion, is a much more natural linebacker, is a true, like, almost plug-and-play type guy in terms of his ability to play that position uh, and the instincts as you were going over, I, I, I would personally, and I know it's easy to say since we got him, I personally would take Nicobe Dean over Owen Popo all day, every day. Are you still with me on that? Or are, you, or are you seeing something a little different? I I am too because I think uh, Popo has the you know he might not even be a true linebacker once you know it's all said and done. Yeah, uh, I mean he could. He's almost like he, I think Popo's a tweener. He's like a box safety uh, or a space backer, whatever you want to call. It. Now he's a guy that could certainly be part of the equation for them on third downs and their third down package. But unless he adds some serious weight, I'm just not sure that guy can hold up. You know, as a three down linebacker in the SEC. I'm just not sold on that right now. But Dean, while he's short, I, I don't know. Like, would you call Dean small? No, not at all. Like, he's short. Yes, it's kind of like with, uh, with with DeAndre Swift. Like, Swift is short, absolutely. But he's not a small dude. He's thick, but he's just a short guy. And Dean kind of reminds me of Swift in that regard. He's Yeah, he's only six foot, if that. I mean, he's right around six foot. But he's weighing in right now at 220 pounds without being in a college weight room. So you only imagine that's going to go up to 225, 230 or so. I mean, honestly, he's heavier. He's not quite as tall as Roquan. Roquan was about 6'1", 6'2", coming out of high school. But Roquan was only like 205, 210, maybe, coming out of high school. And he was an inch or two taller than Dean. So Dean is bigger, like thicker than Roquan was coming out of high school. So when people try to compare Dean to Popo, I... 
I, I just don't quite see. I know they're both, I guess, shorter, although I, Popo might be a, uh, maybe a slight bit taller, maybe. But Dean is a thicker guy right now. He's a stronger player, in my opinion. Uh, when I look at his strengths, like you mentioned, I think he reads a diagnosis very quickly. What do you see with him from an athletic standpoint? Um, I think he explodes the ball. He has, you know, that goes with his uh, instincts. Uh, once he recognizes it, he explodes to it. Uh, you know, he, he he really does remind me of Roquan when it comes to that aspect of his game. You know, maybe not sure. as athletic as Roquan, but very similar the way they explode, they attack, and they hammer. Yeah, and I, and I know you're not trying to do this at all, but I, I think Roquan's a great comparison. Like we we hesitate to kind of compare anyone to Roquan because Roquan was just a freak of nature, but there's similarities, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I'm not saying he's as fast or as athletic sure. as Roquan, but the way he, you know, he, you know, the way he just attacks the ball, it really yeah. does remind you of that. He's a very similar type linebacker. Um, again, I mean, an inch or two shorter, but um, in terms of his ability to to read and diagnose quickly, that, that football IQ, as you mentioned, I think he has true sideline to sideline speed, but it's not just that. Like, that's a big part of being a linebacker, being able to run sideline to sideline. Don't get me wrong, it is. But what's maybe even more important is the closing speed that you have in short areas, that short area quickness and explosion. And that's what Dean has in spades. I mean, he, like, don't get me wrong, he is a true silent and sideline backer, but I've been more impressed by his ability to close those short areas in a burst. I mean, he's like shot out of a cannon if you watch his tape. Uh, so I love that about him. That's something that we, like, did we have a guy like that in our rotation this past year? Not at all. No, we, I, I certainly do not think that we did. Um, and also, like going back to like his ability to play that position, like do the things that inside linebackers have to do, which I don't know if Owen Popo is ready to do. I mean, who cares about Popo? He's at Auburn, but I know a lot of people kind of compare those two. Uh, Popo, you know, was a guy that played a lot of different roles for Grayson. You know, he, he was playing in space a lot. Didn't play a ton of true inside linebacker. And when he did, he didn't seem all that comfortable from what I saw. I didn't, didn't see every game, but from what I saw of him, uh, I didn't see that from him. I, I, I do see that with N'Kobe Dean. He's got the ability to use his speed. He's instinctive. He also fights through traffic, through the sludge very, very well. And as you said earlier, Kurt, he has this like just innate ability to explode into and through the ball carrier. I mean, he brings the woods. Not, it's not a huge dude, but he brings the wood. There's no doubt there in my mind. Uh, now, I, do, I don't want to make it all just roses and sunshine here, Kurt. I also want to look at each of these prospects and talk about some potential concerns down the road for them. Is there anything about Nicobe Dean that would cause you any level of concerns or any kind of, I don't want to say a weakness is a strong word, but like, is there any like question you have about him moving, coming into Athens? I think, you know, the biggest question mark across the board, maybe just his height in general. I mean, yeah. I think sometimes it can be overblown, but when you get down to it, you know, maybe it hurts with recognizing the, you know, the plays and things like that. I mean, and, you know, shedding off blocks, you know, not being as big as some people. Right. Um, I think that's about it, really. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And to me, it's more about length, you know, like uh, it goes it goes hand in hand with being short, like you said. But what I'm concerned more about anything with the, when it comes to his length is pass coverage. Honestly, like when like you you know this game is a game of inches. Football is a game of inches. We've seen it time and time again. In in while he's like again not a small dude, but he's short and he doesn't have like great length with his arms. He just he doesn't have a great wingspan. I just be really doesn't. So in pass coverage, when you're covering some tight ends potentially, some slot receivers at times, depending on what uh, package we're in. Does he have the link to kind of disrupt those receivers? Does that concern you at all? It does. I think that's where, you know, another thing with, you know, like you said, his link and things like that. Yeah, and, and look, like he does a great job with his, like, like we talked about with the uh, uh, in, instincts there and his ability to recognize and diagnose, and that's great. But even when you're in position, like you can be in position, 
but a guy just puts a, an inch over your fingertips and there's nothing you can do about that. So that's one thing. There's, and I know I'm nitpicking here, but if there's anything that would be it. But uh, all right, let's talk about where we would like the, the score you would give him one through five. Five being that day one starter, impact type player, all American potential, Todd Gurley, Andrew Thomas type guy, and a one being a career depth piece. Where would you? kind of score him at this point in his uh I guess not in his career but at this point with what we've seen from him to date I'd probably go with a four that's exactly what I have like okay so what held me off from a five is I don't see him as a day one starter is that the same thinking that you're going with here exactly do you think he has a chance though like are we wrong here to see this guy have a chance to come in and just wow everyone and take a starting job from day one inside linebacker as a true freshman it would shock me because, I mean, as good as Roquan was, that wasn't the case for him. Yeah, I yeah I agree. And it's like, look, I know our linebackers, and we, we talked about this ad nauseum last year. This is not news to you guys if you're with us all throughout the year. Uh, our linebackers were less than stellar. I think they were – They I, we got to the point late in the year where I felt that we were solid, right? But I don't know if we were much more than that. But we also have two guys that we signed last year that were true freshmen last year that um, at least one of them started to see a lot more time as the season went on in Channing Tindall. And I'm still very high on Quay Walker, his athleticism. Quay was coming from a little bit further away. He didn't play like a true inside linebacker all the time at Crisp Crisp County uh, his senior year. He kind of moved around as a pass rusher from time to time. So I think he had more of a learning curve than what Channing Tindall had. Tindall did play inside linebacker almost exclusively as as a high school player. Uh, but I, I'm really high on both of them and their athleticism and what they can bring to the table. Like honestly, it would I would be very surprised. As high as I am on Nakobe Dean long term, I would be surprised if he overtakes the guys that were in the rotation last year and Walker and uh, and uh, Tyndall here to become a starter from day one. Like that would surprise me. Now, saying that, would you be surprised if he worked himself into the rotation at some point throughout the year? No, not at all. I, I think that's more where he's going to stay, especially this first year. Yeah, and that's why I have him as a four. So, you know, of course, these are arbitrary rate, uh, scores, and this is kind of our creation here. But as a four, what we're going with, that's someone who has a role early on as a contributor. And if that would qualify, you know, him coming in as part of the linebacking rotation, that would qualify as an early contributor having a role on this team. And I think as you look to the future, maybe by his – maybe as early as, as his sophomore year, maybe junior, we'll see. I think he will be a – I think he'll be a multi-year starter. Are you, so you're with me there? Yeah. Yeah, and with the potential to be an All-American. I'm not saying he's going to be an All-American. I haven't seen enough from him yet to say that, but I think he has that potential based on what we've seen from him out of high school uh, when you look at the total picture of what Nicobe Dean brings to the table. All right, next guy. Let's move here, and let's talk about Tresman Marshall for a minute out of Clinch County here in Georgia. Small high school. One uh, was it? Three out of four state titles in his career. Just a really, well, a really accomplished athlete down there in Clinch County. Uh, so Tresman Marshall, uh, about the same height as Nicobe Dean, six foot, but but a th- even thicker than Nicobe is. He's at two thirty six right now, according to the two four seven composite uh, weight they have on there. He was ranked number one twenty two in the two four seven composite. So Kurt, let's start with with what you've seen from Tresman Marshall. What have you seen from him that you like as a prospect? Um, I think that to me he's a very physical person. I think that's yeah. one thing you got to look at his game. Uh, you know, he's he's more of a thumper. I absolutely agree with that. Is there a guy on uh, the on our roster the past couple of years, the inside linebacker position that you would that you would maybe kind of compare him to as a, more of that type of guy? Like he's not like he doesn't to me. I don't see him as the same kind of linebacker as Roquan or Nakobe Dean. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, hundred percent. I would probably compare him more to a Monty Rice. Yes, exactly. I, I absolutely would go with Monty Rice. I might even like dare I say maybe 
Like, is it too far? I mean, we haven't seen him yet in Athens, but from what I've seen on tape and watching this guy live a couple of times, is this a guy that could potentially be considered to be maybe a little bit of a better athlete than, than Monty Rice? Um, potentially, yeah. It's hard. I want to see him in the red and black. I want to see him in college before I go there. Uh, Rice is a good athlete. He's certainly not a, a plus athlete, and Marshall isn't either. But I think you're right. I think that's the comparison. Monty Rice, Trezor Marshall, much more similar than maybe uh, – than, than Marshall to Roquan or Marshall to Nicobe Dean, just different type guys. Um, so when you're saying that, when you're basically when you're calling him a thumper, that's a euphemism for saying like not quite a great athlete, right? Uh, yeah, I mean he's or not as guy. athletic, maybe. Yeah, I think that one of his biggest things is you know he just likes to deliver the, the big blows. Um, I think that's where his big, the biggest part yeah. of his game is right now. Yeah, and like look, he has good speed. I mean, this is a guy now in they pretty much everybody plays both the ways when you get in single A football, but. You know, he was a guy that played a little quarterback, basically like a like a running quarterback, like a wing T type thing for his for his offense down there in Clinch County. So he's got good speed. It's just not elite speed. It's not Nicobe Dean level speed, uh, sideline to sideline type stuff. But I will say, he's very very agile and has very good quick feet. Um, the speed's not quite where you'd want it to be, but it's not. He's not like he's a scrub there. But the feet were are very impressive to me from what I've seen at this point. You're right. He's a big, strong guy. He can bring the lumber. He can kind of get. He can you know fight off blocks a little bit better because he does have a little more size to him there, a little more strength to him. So, I, I think he certainly could have a role and will have a role on this team eventually. Um, so, looking at him a little more closely here, what things do you see that might potentially concern you? With Tresor Marshall moving into the moving up to the college level, I think his biggest thing that I've noticed lately in his high school career is his injury prone. Yeah, do you think that has to do with the fact that he's just playing so many snaps, having to play both ways almost the entire game? It may, like you don't get the rest, you don't, you know, you don't right. get a chance to get your body right. It, it may play into it. I just think that you know it may change once he gets to college and you get the you know right wellness instruction. You get all the right instruction. All yeah, the right strength, you get the strength and conditioning, you get the nutrition, you get the stretching, the flexibility, all that kind of stuff. Uh, which at a one A school, let's be real. I mean, Clinch County is a great program down there, but they're not getting that. They just don't have the resources yeah. for that. You're right. I think playing both ways during the games, and also think about just during practice, where like you don't like your scout team. Like, I mean, I, I look. I, I played for a six A 6A school, and that was the highest classification. I played in the highest classification, uh, and look, scout team was not a problem. So we had plenty of guys, right? But when you, well, I can imagine one A when you might have like what thirty something guys on the team, like how do you even do a scout team? Like it's uh, it's just those guys are con- in practice and games. They're just their bodies are getting beat on because there's just not much rest. So hopefully, as he moves into the college level, you don't see as much of that. Uh, for me, my concern is I can he be a like and I don't say this is a concern. Maybe it's a question. I need to see from Trezor Marshall that he can be a true three down type linebacker. Like do you? Do you think he has that in him to be that type of player where he can play all three downs at the inside linebacker position? Not yet. Not at this point in time. I, I don't think he has it at this point in time. I don't think he's going to be a guy like that. I, I really don't. I think he's going to be more of a guy like, let's go back to 2017, like a Natrez Patrick, right? We go to the dime packages when Natrez was starting before we got all the suspensions and whatnot, uh, that you take off the field when you bring in the money guy, right? Yeah. He's not the guy you leave on the field. He's not the Roquan Smith that you leave on the field with his athleticism and his ability to cover. Like maybe a guy like N'Kobe Dean is, or maybe a guy like, like uh, Channing Tindall is going to hopefully be here in the next year or so. I don't see him as that guy. I see him as a first and second down, early down linebacker, heavy rundown type guy. Um, so that the space and pace offenses that are kind of starting to take over college football, I just don't know how he fits when we face offenses like that. I just really don't. I think he, he certainly can have a role against certain teams. 
But when you get against teams that space you out and want to run with pace like that and, and get the ball out there and playmakers' hands out in space, I just don't know if that's his type of game. I just At this point, I don't know. We'll see. I just don't think it is. Um, I would also say, given the fact that he had to play so much on offense at times throughout his career, I don't think he's like particularly polished as an inside linebacker. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that he's a good player, uh, but when you're playing single A football and you're that, and you're Tresman Marshall, and you're just that much bigger, stronger, and better than everyone you're playing, like you can kind of just rely on, on pure athleticism. And I don't think he, ha- and it's not really necessarily just that. It's the fact that you're playing so many different roles on the team. You don't have time to really kind of focus on and become super polished at one particular position. You're you're good at all everything you do, and you just kind of out athlete people, but you don't become like that technician. And I, I don't think he's there yet as an inside linebacker. I think he has the tools. I really do. So I'm not worried about him long term necessarily. I just don't know if he's going to be ready year one to be a major contributor at that position. And I hope I'm wrong. We'll see. But I do still have high hopes for him throughout his career. So Kurt, with all of that said, there, what score would you give uh, Tresman Marshall? I hate to say it right now, too. Oh, so you think he's a redshirt kind of guy? Well, I mean, I th- he may, you know, he. I just don't, I'm not saying he's a redshirt guy. I just also don't think he's on to the levels like what a Jonathan Ledbetter was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, to me, he's almost like a 2.5. Like, he, he could he's a redshirt, 20, yeah. he, could, he couldn't, but at the same time, I just don't see him being a contributor even, you know, at certain times this year. I think he's right. on you know, more year two and three. Yeah, I don't, honestly, and again, I could be wrong here. We'll see. Well, I mean, I think spring practice, once we get that there and once we get into, obviously, fall camp, we'll have more knowledge of this and kind of how each of these guys are going to play out. But this is going off what we've seen. And some of these guys we haven't seen that much tape, which is kind of, it's tough to say. But, and Kirby doesn't like to redshirt guys unless he has to. Uh, I will say this. I think he can find a role in special teams to kind of avoid the red shirt, but I don't see him in the rotation at all this year. Is that kind of where you are? Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I am. Yeah, but by the end of his career, I could see him as a potential starter. Uh, I could see that. Now, uh, so yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Like I, I kind of fluctuated, like you said, between three and a two. Uh, I put a three as a guy who's kind of in the two deep in his first year or two and then becomes an upperclassman starter. Uh, with maybe, all, maybe all SEC potential. Um, and I think like two of those three things – fit Tresman Marshall. I think he can be an upperclassman starter. Uh, I think he could potentially be on one of those all-SEC lists, first, second, third team. He could certainly make that uh, by the end of his career. But in the first year or two, do you really think he's going to be in the two-deep? Uh, I really don't know. It's tough. I mean, look at the guys we got right now. We got, As we mentioned, we got Quay Walker. We got Channing Tindall. You have to think above him right now. He's going to do something to jump. He's going to have to do something to jump ahead of them and, and really make it obvious. You got Monty Rice, who was in the rotation last year. You still got Tate Crowder for another year or two. We'll see. Um, then you should got a guy. I mean, look, he hasn't been much of a factor, but you got Nate McBride still there. He's been around for a couple of years. Jaden Hunter, same story. Like to me, all of those guys, and, and like maybe Marshall will come in ahead of of Nate McBride and Jaden Hunter. But still, you've got the two guys from last year. You got Monty Rice. You've got Tay Crowder, who's going to play. He's going. I'm just telling you right now, the guy. And actually, I've heard some pretty good things about him this off season. Kind of step up as a leader. Like the, to me, that's the two deep right there, right? Yeah. And then you throw in Nicobe Dean as the wild card somewhere in that in, in that mix. And I just don't know if Nicobe Dean's gonna get there. So I don't quite have him as a three, so I think two is right. I don't I think if if he if he wasn't a special teams type guy, because these kind of linebackers, like these are guys that can certainly be major special teams contributors. So if it wasn't for that, I think he would redshirt, but I just I really don't see him getting much significant playing time, uh, at least in meaningful da- in situations in his first year or so. So but I do think by the end of his year he could certainly be a potential a potential starter down the road. Um, all right, let's move on to the last inside linebacker in this group. This is a guy that I'm very intrigued by. Now, he got hurt towards ACL 
I think after four games into his senior season, and that's Ryan Davis uh, out of Apopka, Florida, 6'1 and a half, 240 pounds, the number 89th ranked player in the 247 composite. I'm very intrigued by him because we did not get to see what he could do for his entire senior year. Now, I did go back and watch the tape from his first four games uh, of the of his senior year before he got hurt. And I actually really liked what I saw. I think I thought it was actually a much better, a much better tape than what I saw from his from his junior year, which wasn't bad tape. But I was impressed with what I saw. I had some concerns about his ability to play in space as with his junior tape. But his senior tape, in my opinion, kind of alleviated some of those concerns for me. But when you're looking at Ryan Davis, Curtis, I mean, I think he's the ultimate wild card coming off the ACL injury. Not seeing him a ton as a senior when it comes to this inside linebacking group that we signed. What do you see as the strengths to his game? I think he's athleticism. I think that's one of the biggest things that jumps off at you is just how, you know, he, especially in high school, he was just a superior athlete to everyone. Yeah, I mean, the guy you can watch, when you, when you see the tape, I mean, this guy just kind of stands out on tape against all the teams that he's playing. He clearly was more athletic than everyone. There's no doubt there. For me, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me when I watch him is one word, versatility. Uh, this is a guy that can do a multitude of things for you on the defensive side of the football. Yes, he can play inside linebacker, okay, a true inside linebacker. He did that plenty of times. He's got good, solid instincts, maybe not quite as instinctual as N'Kobe Dean, but he, he's right there. Um, he does a good job attacking the line of scrimmage. He does a fairly solid job of using his hands, fighting off blocks, all those things. A good, he's a good tackler when he meets the ball carrier in the hole. Uh, I like a lot of what I saw from him in terms of playing that true inside linebacker position. But he also has versatility to his game. This guy can be a major weapon as a pass rusher. I mean, I'm, I'm serious, guys. If you watch him, he almost rushes the passer on his tape as much as he plays inside linebacker. And there are plenty of times where he has his hand down rushing the passer. And he is fairly advanced for a pass rusher. I mean, it, it's very impressive to watch this guy who's like really an inside linebacker, watching him come off the edge and watching him you know, use a swim move, watching him use the proper leverage, watch him do the bull rush. He has quite a few moves for a guy who doesn't really play a true outside linebacker, pass rushing type guy. They use him there in situations, but that versatility I think can help him get on the field earlier than maybe he would otherwise, especially as maybe a third down type guy. Uh, I think with his athleticism, as you mentioned, that versatility as a pass rusher can certainly find him a role on this team, maybe as early as his freshman year, depending on how he comes back from that ACL injury. Uh, I also really like his frame. He's a big dude. I mean, he's 6'1 240. Um, he's a big dude, but as you mentioned, an athletic dude with that frame. So I'm very curious to see kind of what his body looks like over the next couple of years. So there are some strengths to look at in his game. Are there any questions you have with Ryan Davis's game as he comes into Athens? Um, Who's already I mean, here? Like, he's an early enrollee, by the way. Uh, I mean, not right now. It really jumps off you. I think you know, just trying to learn the techniques. I think maybe the biggest thing. Yeah, for me, like, it's. I don't, I don't know if this is a concern. It's more of just a curiosity for me. It's a question I had, just kind of see because you just don't know these things. Kind of what I was talking about with his frame there. I love his frame, but at six one and a half, two hundred forty pounds, coming into college without being in a college weight program, my question is like, how big does this guy get? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Like, and I, it's kind of like a guy. Now I know they play a different position, but a guy like Britton Cox, who we try to play as like an, like an outside linebacker, jack position at times this year, uh, as a pass rusher. But that dude was a big dude coming into college, and I think this during the soft season, there's a very good chance that he grows enough to where he might become like a true five tech defensive end. Like I, I could certainly see that. We'll see how his body grows. I don't know. You, sh- you can never predict how their bodies grow. With Davis already being 240 pounds, could his body grow into an outside linebacker? Like, is that uh, possible? 
That's always possible. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have the height that you want there. Uh, but I, I really, I could see him being more of like the think back like Kirby at Alabama, right? With those with those inside linebackers, the bigger guys, the Mosleys, the Reuben Fosters, uh, the Rolando McLeans. I think Ryan Davis and his frame fits the mold of those guys. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, very fair. Yeah, and I, I think that's why Kirby went after him so hard. Is like he just sees those guys at Alabama. I think he sees them in Ryan Davis. So, uh, but I mean, my only concern, if there's any concern at all, any question I have is like, is he a tweener? Is he kind of too small to be a true outside linebacker, but maybe too big to be an inside, or too small to be an outside linebacker, but too big to be an inside linebacker? Where does he fit as he gets into campus? Will they try to get his weight down? Uh, Are they happy where it is? They want him to bulk up a little bit? I mean, we'll see. But I will say, if you look at his frame and look how he plays on tape, he carries a 240 very well, and he still moves around very well, as you said. Very good athlete. All right, so what score would you give him one through five here? Yeah, that's also exactly what I mean. I want you to disagree with me here, man. But yeah, I have a three. Um, yeah, coming off the ACL, it's really hard to predict what he'll do in year one. You, you can be hopeful. Now, it was pretty early in the season. I think it was like early October, late September when he tore the ACL. So he'll have plenty of time to come back from that. Now, will he be his full self by the first part of the year? That remains to be seen. Uh, but I do think he has a chance to potentially work himself into the two deep or certainly the three D, but uh, I think he'll be. An, I think he has a great chance to be an upperclassman starter with the potential to be All SEC, depending on how his body grows and kind of how he continues to develop his game. But he has the athleticism, he has the tools. Um, we just got to see kind of how he develops as time goes on. Uh, all right, let's move over to the outside linebacker. There's really just two guys here. Uh, we signed a pretty good outside, a really good outside linebacking class in the 2018 class. 2019, we followed up with two. Only two prospects, but two freaking elite stud prospects. And we're going to start with the true freshman, which is going to be Nolan Smith, the number, the composite number one ranked player in America in the 2019 class, 6'3", 227 at IMG Academy. Also really basically from Savannah, but then went to IMG. And he, talking about the spark rate, the Nike spark rating at the opening, which is measures overall athleticism, as an outside linebacker, Curtis, Ranked number one in the Nike Spark rating with a four point or the four five five forty and a forty two point two inch vertical leap at six three, almost two hundred and thirty freaking pounds. Oh my God! Talk about freakish athleticism. What do you see in Nolan Smith's game that makes him the number one ranked prospect? I just think he's incredibly polished. Um, you oh know, yeah, you, you're hearing everybody's athletic ability, but I think technique wise and everything, such as going to IMGs, has some of the best coaching around for high school kids. Yes, absolutely, man. I 100 percent agree with you. I mean, he's basically in college at IMG. I mean, that's what they do all day, every day, essentially. It's just play football and learn how to get better at football uh, or whatever sports you're playing right now. We actually got a tennis guy that were recruiting from IMG, and you imagine those guys are going to be really freaking good because that's what they do. They're there for a reason to get better at that sport, at their craft. Uh, but you're right, like. Really athletic. I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but you can find really athletic pass rushers all over the place, right? Yeah. Like you can find those guys, but the question is, can you find a really athletic pass rusher that is as technically sound as Nolan Smith is, especially coming out of high school? You just don't find guys that are the level of technician that he is that match with the level of athleticism that he brings to the table with a four five five forty at two hundred and thirty ish pounds, six three. 42.2-inch vertical, so explosive, dude. I mean, it's just that crazy freakish athleticism combined with that incredibly advanced technical skill at this age that, to me, certainly, certainly justified that number one ranking. I think they got it right with his ranking here. And I know it's, again, easy for us to say because we're George guys and we got him. Of course, we want to pump him up. I get that. But, no, like, I would tell you this even if he wasn't convinced. And this guy is a freak of nature. Um, and talking about his his uh, his technique here, 
just watching him like use his hands, the way he strikes blockers before they strike him, the way he's able to rip through contact, bend the edge, and also you know as our pass rusher, and then when playing the run, he does a really good job of surfing while playing the zone read and is athletic enough to to kind of jump back to where whether he hands it off or the quarterback takes it, he has he has the athleticism to kind of play either guy with his ability to surf down the line of scrimmage. If you guys don't know what I mean by surfing, that's the kind of term we use like when they're kind of moving laterally, those outside linebackers when they when the quarterback has got that mesh point with the with the running back there he serves to make sure he kind of stays outside the, the quarterback but he also has the athleticism to kind of jump back inside and take the running back if he does get the handoff there but he also has an outstanding just an incredibly impressive understanding of leverage and how to use that to his advantage to kind of get blockers off balance you just don't see guys at this stage in their career with that understanding of the technical aspects of that position so again combine that with the athleticism and you have a freaking potential superstar in your hands and oh by the way he has an insanely high motor like he's he's not one of those dudes that take like let's say remember the Jadavion Clowney at South Carolina Kurt yeah like incredibly athletic like super freak athlete but remember how many times he just took plays off all the time yeah it's like it's like hey yeah when you get 100% of Jadavion Clowney like you can't stop him but how many times you get 100% from him during the game not very often yeah, uh, very, but, rarely. very rarely, but you will. We will not have that problem with Nolan Smith. He is a true competitor. He flat out gets after it, and he is just. I mean, he is a number one prospect. If there is a number one prospect, I don't like the term "can't miss" prospect, but he's pretty close, right, Kurt? He really is. Like it, it, he's really, really close to it. Um, no, I had. A, I, I kind of honestly. Like, I know this sounds cliche, but like I, I struggled trying to find some questions and concerns in his game coming out of high school. So, Kurt, is there anything that you see that's kind of like just any questions at all that he has coming into college? It's hard to find any, really. Yeah, for me, like it's not like this has been an issue uh, throughout his career, but just like for me, it's just stay healthy, right? Like yeah. don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Because if he does not get hurt, it's just it's really hard for me to imagine that Nolan Smith is not an instant impact type guy for us. It's and I know we have a lot of of of, of really athletic guys as as edge rushers. We've really upgraded that room over the past two years with guys like Britton Cox and Adam Anderson, and, uh, Aziz Ojolari. We saw what he could do in the Super Bowl. You throw in Nolan Smith in there. We're gonna get to, we're gonna get to Jermaine Johnson in a second. We have seriously upgraded the talent in that room. It might be one of the most talented rooms uh, on the entire roster. But uh, you know. Just the only question here would be health, maybe, right? Depth chart, maybe. I don't know. That's about it. Really. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But I, I mean, I think this, I think the world of this guy. So uh, I think you can probably get from our comments where we're leaning with him. So Kurt, what score would you give him? One through five. A four. The four. Yeah. Oh, I'm so tempted to go five, man. Hmm. Day one start. The, the the starter thing is tough here. So you don't think he can be a starter in year one? Like day one I mean, started? In year one, yeah, but not day one. You don't think day one? Who are you looking at right now? Uh, realistically, I mean, you're probably looking at, you know, the next guy we're going to speak of. Is yeah, Jermaine Johnson, yeah. Yeah, I think he's got a little bit more polish. I just think, oh, it's so tough, man. Nolan is so technically advanced at this stage in athleticism. I mean, who on, who on the roster right now? I know they all at least have a year on him, but who do you think – will beat him out this year. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone that's better than him, but I just don't see Kirby handing it to him day one. Yeah, unless no, I mean, in those situations, you have to make it obvious, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, you can look at, like, Tyson Campbell last year and say, well, Kirby gave it to him. It's like, well, there was an obvious need there. Like, there was an opening at that position, right? Like, we had DeAndre yeah. Baker, but we had to have someone there. there was, that, that was completely vacant. And that's not necessarily the case coming in this year. We had some guys got some serious playing time last year at that position. 
Um, now we're losing DeAndre Walker, so maybe you can say that job is open. Um, I'll say this: I think he will be in, in heavy contention to start. Uh, now Kirby will have to he'll, he'll have to earn it and it has to be obvious over some of the guys that are already there but I think he will certainly put himself in position for that I like I said I would be really surprised if Nakobe Dean started day one I wouldn't be shocked if Nolan Smith did like I, I might not predict it right now because we do have some really talented guys on roster right now and we're going to talk about Jerry Johnson in a second here but like I wouldn't be blown away if he started day one like would you really be blown away not really. Yes, yeah, so I, 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 again, I don't know if it's the most likely outcome, but I wouldn't be shocked. I guess the safe thing is a four. You're right. Um, day one star is just tough, and it's, it's kind of a need based thing. I don't know if there's as big of a need there, but I think he will certainly be in contention there. I do think. Do you think he has all American potential? I do, of course. Yeah. Do you think he's an impact player year one, even if he doesn't start? I think he is. Yeah, I do too, but. The starting thing from day one, that kind of, you know, I know we're, and these are, we're playing, like, I guess we could bend the rules if we want to because we made these rules, but uh, with the scores, but I guess I would have to go with a four, but man, he is like, like a 4.99999 for me, like right there on the precipice. But I just don't know if I predict him right now being a starter right away, maybe as the season goes on. But, uh, but again, I wouldn't count him out either. All right, and the last guy to talk about here is a guy we mentioned a second ago, Jermaine Johnson from Independence Community College, which if you watched Last Chance U, that they were the team featured in Season 3. I think he was on there, wasn't he, Kurt? Like, he wasn't a major featured guy. Yeah, you saw him making plays in the background. Yeah, he was kind of one of those background characters. Like, he was there if you were paying attention, but he wasn't one of the featured story type guys. He didn't have a major storyline. But he was there. I mean, he's, and, God, he's just a freak, man. 6'6", 250, the number one JUCO prospect in all of America in this last signing class. Kurt, you, I know you are very high on him, and so am I. What do you see in Jermaine Johnson's game? That because you just said that you think he's a guy that that could take over for DeAndre Walker right away. What do you see in his game that leads you to believe that's the case? I think the thing that I like the most about him is he's the closest to a complete package we've had at that position in a while. He's got the size of say like a Davin Bellamy, but the you know not as much, but close to the athleticism as like say a Lorenzo oh. Carter. Does. Yes. <laughs> That's and a I great, think, great analogy there, dude. And I think that's why I like him so much. He can do it all. You know, he's not someone that can just, you know, hold the edge right. or someone that can just rush the passer. No, he can yeah. do it all. And he's big. Like, comparing him and Nolan, he's just bigger than Nolan. I yeah, mean, I mean, if you saw those pictures of all the early enrollees, he's huge. he was towering over Nolan. I mean, Nolan is not a small dude, guy. I mean, Nolan is no. 6'3". I mean, but Jermaine Johnson is three inches taller and about 25 pounds heavier. And just as athletic. Maybe, I mean, like, well, right there, right? Let's be honest, too. Jermaine Johnson's a grown-ass man. Yeah, he, he's a man, dude. Like, this guy is uh, basically it's his third year out of high school coming in this year. Like, the plan for this guy, honestly, if all goes according to plan, the plan is for him to be one and done, right? Yeah. Like, if, if he delivers on what we hope he can and what our coaches hope he can, and from everything that I've heard from people around the program had a chance to see him up close doing bowl practices, like, if everything everything I'm hearing is, is as advertised, he's a one-and-done type guy as a JUCO. Because, again, this will be his third year out of high school. I mean, you're right. He's just like Nolan is big and strong for his age. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's crazy. I mean, like a 45 uh, uh, Powerball. It's like he's strong and big and powerful and crazy athletic. But Johnson's just a man. I mean, that's what – I mean, Johnson's like 21 years old. Uh, I think, right? 2021, 20, something like that. I mean, he's just a man. Uh, and Nolan's just not quite that yet. Um, so – He's just a freaky man. Like he's just freaky. You know, the strength. Like you're right. He's the total package. I, I love the comparison. That's great, man. Like he's got the size and the ability to play, uh, to play the run and kind of anchor against the run as a guy like Davin Bellamy, but also the athleticism of Lorenzo Carter. Like imagine putting those two guys together, you know? And that's kind of close to what Jermaine Johnson is. I and mean, that's a really good comparison there, Kurt. 
Um, are there any concerns that you have in his game? Any uh, questions? Uh, I mean, maybe just the, the level of competition adjusting to SEC ball. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always a fair concern. about it. Because how many Juco, I mean, really, honestly, how many Juco guys have we landed that have really actually worked out for us recently? Uh, that's hard to find some, that's for I sure. I mean, really, I, I mean, Chooks Amici uh, was a contributor, right? But, yeah. I mean, for every guy like that, you've got a Jonathan Rumpf. I mean, you got a DeMarcus Hayes. I mean, you just, it's tough. I mean, it's kind of, it's a 50-50 proposition. But he is the number one Juco coming out this year. And just watching the guy play, it's like it's just hard to imagine how he's not a big time contributor for us this year. And like him and Nolan just give us something that we haven't had. I mean, along with guy like Adam Anderson, who who just needs to bulk up a little bit, um, they give us that true dominant, potentially dominant pass rushing throughout the edge, right? Yeah. And we've talked about how our, the lack of a pass rush has been a kind of a bugaboo for our defenses the past couple years since Kirby's been here. We just haven't been a dominant pass rushing team at all. Or really, like, hardly even a competent pass rushing team, really, especially this year. A little bit better with Lorenzo there in uh, 2017. But I think Nolan and Jermaine Johnson helped solve that right away. And if you throw in guys like Adam Anderson, we already know what kind of ability he has to rush in the pass rush. He's just, can he play every down? He's got to bulk up a little bit. And I was really impressed with what I saw from Ojolari. So there you got to force him. And I don't want to completely discount Britton Cox. I just think, I don't know if Cox's game is, a, is an explosive pass rusher like those guys. Those guys are all true pass rushers. So I really look for our pass rush to be upgraded in a significant way this year. I would be stunned if it's not, honestly. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how things play out. But I'm very high on Jermaine Johnson. So is this the guy that is going to get the elusive five score for you, Kurt? Yes, he is. All right. there. Yeah, I've got a five for him, too. Again, the difference between him and Nolan right now is just that he's older um, and a little more physically developed. Not that, not that Nolan's not, but he's just, like you said, he's a grown man right now. Uh, but I do think Nolan will, have a, will really push hard here. Um, it wouldn't shock me, like I said, for him to – find his way into a starting role here uh, very early in the season. But Jermaine Johnson, man, just that size, athleticism. For me, if there was a little bit of a concern, like if you watch his tape, he might play a little high at times, um, which is just nitpicking completely. Honestly, I own that. It's nitpicking. But if I'm looking for something, maybe a little bit more consistent pad level, but that is a very easy fix when you get some really good coaching, better coaching than what you got at Independence Community College, uh, which I think is certainly what he will get here in Athens uh, with Dan Lanning, and now Demons coordinator Dan Lanning, coaching him up there. And I was really impressed with what I saw from Lanning this year with our outside linebackers and what he was able to do with them. Uh, all right, guys, so that's our linebackers there. So, Kurt, I'm going to go back and look at, but real quickly before we get out of here, inside and the outside backers, uh, how would you, what's, what grade would you give us? And we're just going to go A through F here, traditional A through F. What grade would you give us in terms of how well we met our needs at inside linebacker in this class? I think you got to go with A. You have to like how how much better could we have done? Like what else could we have done? Yeah, I mean you could have landed three five stars, but I'm sorry. But like that's out, yeah. I say outside of doing that, I think we did everything we needed. I guess you could have done better. You're right. You're, there, there's it's possibly could have done better, but like we filled our needs. We've got. A five-star top 20 prospect, Nicobe Dean, who's a true silent sideline type guy. You have Trez Marshall, who's more of a downhill thumper, but he certainly fills a role for us. And you got Ryan Davis, who I think has, brings great versatility to the table. And it's kind of the ultimate wild card as he comes back from the ACL. I'm really high on all three of these guys. I think we hit hit it out of the park with these three signees at the inside linebacker group, uh, with this inside linebacking group. So I'm going to go with an A as well. Now, we only had two, but that was just need-based there, Curtis. But how would you grade us filling our needs at outside linebacker? I mean, I still, I still think you got to go with the A because you only got two, but you got two game-changers. Two absolute game-changers. And two guys, are gonna be, in my opinion, are going to be instant impact guys. I mean, you, you literally, you get the number one ranked true freshman coming out of high school and the number one JUCO player in America. How can it be anything other than an A+. 
right. I mean, it, it, I don't know how you could argue against that. I mean, on paper. Now we have to see how it translates to the field in college, of course. Well, there's still room to grow there and see. But in terms of on paper, how do we fill our needs? Like, I honestly, I, I truly believe. Like, maybe I was a little strong saying you, we couldn't have done better at inside linebacker. Probably could have done a little bit better, but still, very strong class. But I really, truly don't see how we could have done any better than Nolan Smith and Jermaine Johnson. I just, at this stage, I don't. You have a guy that's going to hopefully be one and done. And, I, and I, of course, I'd love to have him around for another year. But when I say hopefully one and done, that means he had that good of a year that he's going to be good enough to go pro after uh, this season. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm thrilled with this linebacking core inside and outside. Um, if you look at Nicobe Dean and Nolan Smith together as true freshmen, one inside, one outside linebacker, it's hard to imagine there's a team in America that signed a better linebacking duo than those two, right? I mean, is that, is that too much? I, I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. Well, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us here today on the Glory UJ podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, the show as much as we enjoyed talking about this stuff. You know, it's hard to find anything more fun than just talking some good Georgia football. And I know it's the off season, but uh, it's never too far from our minds here. And so this is again, there's going to be a series they're going to be running for the next couple of weeks leading up to spring practice. We'll be looking at the secondary. We'll be looking at the defensive and offensive lines. We'll be looking at the offensive skill positions as well. So be looking for those shows. We try to have at least one of these shows in this series each week for the next couple of weeks. So hope you. Guys guys enjoyed the linebacking take here uh we'd love to get your thoughts as well we love the interaction love to hear if you guys agree disagree what your take is what you're seeing in these guys and where you feel like they'll uh how much you think they'll contribute where they'll fit in in year one and into the future so thanks for listening guys we always appreciate each and every one of you guys supporting our show we would not have the show without you so thank you very very much but for curtis i'm tyler and as always go dogs <laughs>